Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's up, everyone? Greetings from Phoenix, Arizona. This is Tyler Dunn with Go Long. Thank you so much for reading everything at golongtd.com. Right now, we have our feature story up on Reed Blankenship, better known to teammates and Philadelphia Eagle fans alike as Ghost. A nickname that kind of says uh, everything you need to know. It's no secret. There aren't many white safeties in the NFL. <laughs> Reed was uh, pretty funny talking about that, um, but he really takes it all the way back to growing up in Alabama, getting overlooked by the Messiah himself, Nick Saban. There was an interaction they had at a summer camp that still sticks with him, put it mildly, to this day, suffered a horrific injury uh, in college, compound fracture. And now with the Eagles, he is making plays. He's in their dime package. He starts when they need him to start. And fans love him. He's a called hero already. So I had a chance to really speak at length with Reed uh, last week, one-on-one, to try to get ahead of the madness of Super Bowl week. So um, that's kind of the genesis for this feature and then caught up with his positional coach um, here at Super Bowl, some teammates. And I wanted to uh, include the conversation itself right here on the podcast feed. So um, hopefully you had a chance to read the full story at golongtd.com. Um, but here is my chat with Reed. He is a really likable guy. You can see why the fans love him. And he could he could be a huge factor in this game Sunday. We know the Chiefs love to throw love to throw the ball all over the place. And if Patrick Mahomes is anything like quarterbacks before him against Philadelphia, it's probably gonna test number thirty two on a pass deep. So thank you very much for subscribing, for reading. We have we have a ton more coming your way throughout the week. Yeah, what's what's life like for you right now, Reed? I mean, this has just got to be surreal to an extent. Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy. Um, you know, it's like a dream come true, really. Um, even when I was little, I I never really dreamed of like playing in the NFL, seeing the Super Bowl. I was more of a a college guy. You know, I'm from Alabama, small town, big Alabama fan, and. Uh, just wanted to play, you know, college at that point in my life. And, you know, I remember when I was little at halftime throwing, you know, the ball on my dad and, you know, just running around recklessly. But, uh, you know, once I started getting into high school, playing football and then being able to go to college, you know, and realizing that maybe I have the possibility, you know, to play at the, in the NFL, you know, it, it's, it just started, it started to become a dream, I guess, later on in my life that I've wanted to accomplish. And now I'm here and first year in going to the Super Bowl is crazy. You know, it's, it's so surreal. So, I mean, I, I thought I went to a small town. We graduated like 48 kids, but we at least had like a ski resort in Ellicottville, New York. There's some stoplights. Lester, Alabama. What is it? A buck 30? Give or Man, take. It's- it's. I think it's pushing two hundred. I think, but yeah, small town, and we don't have anything like 
close to us like that. I mean, the nearest like Walmart is 30 minutes away from me in both directions. So it, it's cool. I mean, every, everybody knows everybody. Um, my parents, my grandparents, and I think my grandparents, my great grandparents actually went all went to the same high school. So I was uh, generationally, you know, I've, I've always been there, always been around the same folks, I guess. So, you know, it's pretty cool, you know, having a lot of support back home right now. It's, so all 200 I mean, of them. I was going to say, like, who is there anybody that anybody would know that has come out of your town, like sports or otherwise? Honestly, I mean, I feel I, I don't think so. I feel like I'm like the only person that's there might have been like one other person that's went this far, but it's been years, you know, so. I mean, I, I, was I, pretty I don't cool. want to fast forward too far, but like you pick off Aaron Rodgers and it, does the town just oh, yeah. like spontaneously <laughs> combust? Like what? Well, what, they, what, what's, what's they your phone look like after that? <laughs> so it, it, it's crazy because. Uh, I, I guess I get a lot of notifications from Facebook because that's where I guess a lot of these people, you know, follow me from. There's a lot of older people that have Facebook. So my Facebook, <laughs> I think, had more notifications than all my other apps. So it, I was going to say, Lester, Alabama like, seems Facebook friendly more than Instagram and Twitter. A hundred percent. I mean, everybody's on Facebook. I mean, so it, it was pretty cool to see that, honestly. So. How many um, notifications did you get on there, the, the ballpark? I, I don't even remember. Close to uh, – from that and text messages, I mean, I can't remember a number. 100, 200. But it's just like consistently going, you know. It was it didn't yeah. stop. And it continued to go that whole week. And, you know, it, it was it was good to see, I, I guess. Um, I'm really not used to my phone – blowing up like that all the time either so it's pretty good to get a little bit of reckon uh get recognized a little bit you know so what was your upbringing really like I mean start there I imagine you're like you you got to pick Alabama or Auburn and I think I heard you're an Alabama guy right Saban Crimson Tide you probably wanted to to play there growing up and I mean did they I don't I don't want to get at like they they even like send a letter were they were they interested at all that, that's a that's a cool story too, but I'll, I'll get to that. So yeah, yeah, you know the way I was raised, um, small town guy. Obviously, loved playing sports. Um, started off playing baseball. Baseball was my was my go to, and like we played all stars, traveled. Um, that was like my summers. Like we would we would have some sort of family vacation, but at the end of the day, we're at a ball field somewhere, and like I grew up on a ball field, so. Uh, you know, I love doing that. That's what I wanted to do. I'm glad my parents were able to take me to all these places too. But uh, like I said, played baseball until I guess my sophomore year of high school and realized that it wasn't as fun as it used to be. You know, it, I guess I got burned out, if that's the word. But uh, played football and basketball, but played football in third grade, didn't play it again until middle school, and I was terrible. Seventh grade year, I was awful. And then eighth grade year, I picked it up a little bit. And, like, I was I was on the smaller end. I was very skinny. My build was very, very skinny. And uh, my dad was like, hey, like, I don't – we should probably take a year, see if you can, you know, bulk up a little bit and play football tenth grade year. So – uh, you know, we, we always have like a spring game. We, we go like the, they go against each other and I'm sitting in the stands. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing right here. You know, um, I, I really, I really want to play football. So after that, the coaches started coming up and say, Hey, let's, you need to play. I was like, okay, let me, let me play. So I, I missed the whole spring training, all that. And they let me come on and I played, I started on varsity in ninth grade as a corner and a receiver. And then my sophomore year got moved to quarterback at the, in the middle of the year. And that's when I think Southern Miss was like the first college to show interest because they were actually recruiting a guy, one of our old linemen to go there. And I'm like, dude, like I have a chance to go to college. Like this is one of my dreams that I've had since I was little. And uh, luckily 
after that, my junior year, I did really good and my senior year. And then, you know, the offer started coming in. But speaking about Bama, I would go to, uh, I guess they would have like a day camp or two day camps. And like, I think I went as a receiver. And of course, the group is, the group of receivers there is just crazy big. And so, like, you're not going to get looked at. But senior year ended up saying I'm just going to go as a safety and then got invited to a camp at Alabama. And that, during this time, I think I've already, I don't know how many camps I've done. And I was kind of, I guess, exhausted. And I, it wasn't one of my best camps. And he, Nick Saban came up, shook my hand, and, like, didn't really show any interest. And it was kind of a slap in the face. So, you know, it, it kind of hurt my feelings. A little bit and I got home and they texted me again he's like hey like you need, can you come up next weekend or so to a game we can talk about preferred walk-on spot I said I'm like I'm not going to come up I'm I got all these other I'm not doing that so it, it, it was a slap in the face and which I, I grew up like I said I grew up Alabama fan really want to play there but you know just things don't work out the way you want to so Ended up going to MT and enjoying my time there. So, <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine. So you're growing up on like AJ McCarron years, Eddie Lacy, yes, those yes. teams, TJ Yeldon, Mark Ingram, yes. And you're living and dying through the Crimson Tide. I mean, that's religion where you're from, probably right. I mean, how, how for people who don't know, like, how big is Alabama football right there? Oh, it, it's crazy big. Like, people are diehard. Like, I remember. I couldn't wait, even just me personally, I couldn't wait to go back to school. This is before I had a phone. I, I couldn't wait to go back to school and then talk crap to my the Auburn fans or just get go to the lunchroom to sit there and talk about what happened that Saturday. You know, that was that was the big ordeal that we always had, you know. And it's like you said, like we live and breathe football, Alabama over Auburn, you know, it's crazy down there. I mean, so Nick Nick Saban is like a deity, right? I mean, he probably uh-huh. feels something like a a relig- like a religious spiritual figure, for right? It's like it's himself. like it's Jesus, and then Nick Saban. That's how everybody looks at him in Alabama, a hundred percent. It's the Bible Belt, like right? It's it's very 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 spiritual, you know, swath of the country. But Nick Saban's right there. It's um right there. So shit, it. I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes. So like you. I mean, you're playing all these different positions. You're this freak mm-hmm. athlete, and we'll get into like how freakish of an athlete you are, despite mm-hmm. being of ca- a Caucasian like like myself, which <laughs> is and it's it's insane. Um, but you do everything that you have to do to to get noticed mm-hmm. by this guy and play for your dream school. And so you this camp. So you said it was a slap in the face. You said you you, you had to be played pretty well, and he knows what you can do. You have the tape. Mm-hmm. What's it right. like with that interaction? What what was weird and awkward and not respectful? Just, you know, I feel I felt like he was going because like when you get an invite, it's only a couple or a few like a group of guys that get invited to that camp. So I feel like he's going to show me a little bit more of attention than some of these other guys. And you know, he shook my hand, shook my parents' hand, and then like walked away. And then ended up having like a full on conversation with this other guy that was like right behind, like right beside me. So I'm like, okay, so I, I'm not worth anything to you right now. All right, bet. So it, it was a slap in the face. And after that day, I think, uh, like my my interest in Alabama just went straight down. You know, it, especially after that, man, it just it, it killed me, honestly. So. Unbelievable. So was there any conversation at all? Like you shake his hand, say hello. Like, did he ask a question about you, your life and anything? No, no. It's just like, like I said, it was, it was like a slap in the face. Like he might as well just slap me in the face. I would, I would much rather have that, you know, like, come on, man. Show me a little bit more. Jeez. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, and then it, it is, it's kind of like dating or something, right? And then he immediately oh, goes yeah. to somebody else at, at you know, in, in the high school, middle school dance and is uh slow dance. And it, it, his right interest in is elsewhere. Right in front of you, you're just sitting there watching it go away. So I was like, well. <laughs> where were you exactly? Like, where, 
the lay of the land. What does it look like? You talking about like, when? It was like on the field or out, like. Um, oh yeah, it was. It was on the practice field. Like the camp is over, and you know they they moved the guys that got invited like over. I guess until onto another field, you know, you feel a little bit like special right now, you know, like, Hey, I'm just going to shake this, the, the dude's hand, you know, I'm just going to shake Nick Saban's hand. And that's pretty much all I got out of it. Just a handshake and a, all right, well, we'll, we'll be in contact. All right, whatever. I knew that was, uh, that and was the end. Were there too, you said like, yeah. Yep. And do you remember who he went right to the player, who the kid was? I, I can't remember. I, I was just staring him down from the back through the back of his head. Honestly, I was like, Geez. "Were you really? You were staring Nick down?" I was like, "I cannot believe you just did that." So, I don't know. So yeah, that's that one of those memories a... that. Sorry. Do what I said. That was one of those memories that I, I'll never forget. So, did that become like the the, the primary motivator? Like for you at that point, um, how much did that just kind of? Yeah, you know, that point forward, I've already had like a chip on my shoulder and I still do. And that after that day, it just it got even bigger. You know, um, I knew that I I don't know. it. I guess I didn't know. But like there's a lot of self-doubt that comes in after that. Like, am I not good enough to play at at this SEC level? And knowing like just saying that because I didn't. Like I said, like there was only one other guy in front of me that got recruited to go to Southern Miss, and I didn't even know I had the ability to do that to even play college football at the time. And just seeing that, I'm like, this kind of like crushed my like dreams a little bit. But it is what it is. You, you, that happens. You move on. So, so you're that, that was right at the Alabama campus, like the field, the practice mm-hmm. fields, and everything. Yep. So you get in, you get in your car with with mom and dad both. Mom and dad, back. yeah, get in the car, drive back. I guess it was like a four hour drive, and just felt defeated, you know. Yeah, kind what's that conversation around. like? Like, are you are you talking about this exchange with with Nick? Yes, because they they realized it too. It was kind of whatever because we expected a little bit more from this guy, but no, nah, he like I said, he did the exact same thing he did. To me, it's my parents just like shook their hands, asked some names, and then we'll be in contact and then just moved on. So I don't know how close like you and your dad are. Like, I mean, maybe he's got like a life lesson for you at that point. Was <laughs> it kind of, do you say, son, like never forget like, this day? Or... No, it, we, we are close. It's just, yeah. you know, I don't, I can't remember. More of a the shell exact shock, thing. maybe. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I think we were still kind of shocked that we actually got to shake his hand too at that point, but that he was like, just be thankful that you got, you got an invite, you know, and, you know, just use that as, and at this point I've already had, you know, a lot of, I had some offers too. So it wasn't like it was a make it or break it deal for me, but, uh, you know, it definitely did motivate me a lot more than people think. So. And there, uh, you said there, how many, how many got invited to this camp? There was, there wasn't a lot. There wasn't a lot. It was a very, it was like a very small group of guys that I was with. Like enough, probably, probably like five or six, maybe. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And like you, they'll take you, do their, like they'll do your own testing and stuff away from the big group of guys they have. And then they'll throw you back in when you do seven on sevens or one on ones and stuff. So, okay. So and they, then probably, they, they do a bunch of these different camps. I just, I'm not familiar with, I always thought like, a college just had one big ass camp and that was yeah. it. But no, they I don't know. Yeah, I was a little bit irritated, but like did I said, you, te- you, move so on. you did like the forty and that kind of stuff there? I, I did the forty. Um I don't think I did any of the I didn't do the pro agility or anything. And then we did like skill stuff. Do you so. remember what you ran in the forty at that? Had to be like a four I was running, I think, 4-4 something that whole summer. So, I don't – yeah. Okay. I mean, it, well, it is I mean, what it is. Gotta, is he looking at you and saying, this is a white kid from Leicester, Alabama. No thanks. I, I, I guess so. I was the only white guy in the group. So, <laughs> it, usually ha- 
it usually happened like that. Like everywhere I went, I was the I was the only white guy, which didn't bother me one bit, you know. So I mean, it isn't. I mean, there's what I'm thinking of you, Daniel Sorensen. Uh, well, see, the thing oh. is, I think Vinny Sinceri was there too. And well, I, I grew up watching him play. So I'm like, they've had, you know, some sort of, you know, color back there. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Which we'll, we'll get what we got. We'll, we will establish the nickname later. We got to figure out, oh, yeah. you know, which of the three <laughs> or four we're going with. Um, but your genes, uh, you, you've got, I mean, all your numbers athletically are, you know, mm-hmm. elite. Not, not what you mm-hmm. typically see out of, you know, Caucasian defensive backs. Right. Where, where does that come from? I imagine you're busting ass and, and, you know, a lot of work went into it. But, I mean, dad, uncles, grandparents, is there any genes that play too? So my dad was actually really athletic, and my grandparents were very athletic. But I think where I got my speed was was from my dad because uh, when he played football, his coach used to tell him he was the fastest white kid he's ever seen. So I guess I got my speed from him. Who knows? My mom, unfortunately, she wasn't really athletic at all. <laughs> so I, I think I don't think I got anything from her other than I look like her. But uh, yeah, I guess. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> but you just—I uh, mean, like training-wise, at a young age, were you doing all kinds of different things to get to get to this point? Like, what what else kind of went into just being? rare with those numbers uh, shooting high school all i did during the summer was uh i worked on a farm and a, a bunch of our guys we uh we did square bells like square hay bells and like there'd be a group of us and like we'd have to throw them on the trailer stack them during the summer heat and all that so i guess i got my toughness from that um speed wise i'm guessing God-given and genes passed down from my parents and grandparents. And then I guess the work ethic, too, is how I, re- I was raised. I mean, you can, I, I think of it like this. Like, you do – if you want to do anything in life, I mean, all it takes is a little bit of work. So – and that's what I've always been going by. I mean, I, I love football because I love how hard you got to work for it. You know, it's it's a very challenging thing. And I like putting my body on the line for it. So, Yeah, I mean – Shit, I've seen some of your hits. You you ain't kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. On the farm though, what's that like? What like what's a typical day for you? You said like throwing bales of hay, or what are you doing uh-huh. out there? So during the summer, uh, after our summer workouts for football, uh, there was there was a guy named Chad Tribble that would always have some sort of farm hands, and it's usually us football players, and uh, somebody would be driving the truck. And so you'd just walk beside the truck and trailer, throw up the hay bales, and somebody would be on top stacking the hay bales. And it would last, I guess, all day pretty much. You're just pouring in sweat. And, you know, it, it taught you a little something. Like, you're getting money for it. You're actually doing something good for whoever. But uh, I did that, um, picked up chickens, uh, cleaned out chicken houses, Oh, that doesn't you know, sound like fun. It, I mean, it isn't, but you know, it's just something that we've—I've always been used to, I guess, in the small yeah. town. So my my dad all is big on work ethic. Um, he works hard, so yeah. I, I guess I just try and follow his footsteps a little bit in that aspect. So, Wait, so cleaning like a chicken coop. Is there just isn't that like big chicken houses? Like there's like chicken. four big, old, yeah, big chicken houses. Like Huge, I mean, huge price of eggs. I I, I kind of want to start raising chickens here in Buffalo. Like our our friends Honestly. actually do. Yeah, they 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 can like hang they can hang in the cold. They're pretty tough. Um, but it, what's it like cleaning these chicken houses? Is it just just chicken shit everywhere and everywhere? You like we go down with a leaf blower and uh like on one you put on your back and just blow off all the dust and then clean them out, clean all the the floors out and stuff before you get a new load of chickens and you gotta pick up the dead ones and it was crazy man it was hard work but it was worth it it is gonna instill a work ethic i mean there's i mean i'm just thinking of like some past 
NFL guys I've talked to, similar. Austin Eckler, you know, mm-hmm. out in Colorado, he's putting in fence posts. And it was like, oh, yeah. You know, just the way he would describe the work, it just sounds, you know, miserable. Andy Janovich, fullback, uh, he just got out of the league, actually. But oh, my God. The work, you know, building decks his whole life with his brothers. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, when you manually have to use your hands, you know, like literally get your hands dirty. And that's how you're, you're spending your summers. It sounds crazy, but that, that's rare for right. our generation. I guess I'm 35. I'm an old fart <laughs> now, but like, you know, generation Z, I'm a millennial. I, uh-huh. I, it's not a lot of generation Z people, kids working like that, I'd imagine. No. And like, there was, I'm telling you, there's like a group of us that just kept, kept doing it. You know, we was always getting calls like, Hey, we're doing, we're cutting this field. We're getting ready to bail this field. So y'all be ready in the next week or so to come help us load it and stuff. So, all right. From what, like when to when, like what age to what age were you doing all of that? I think I was from my sophomore year to my senior year or more. Yeah. Sophomore year, senior year is when I was doing it. So, and is it, is it difficult? Like you're, the lift, you're lifting up bales of hay and yeah i mean especially when you're i forgot i was a buck 70 and i don't hey but i don't know how much hay bales i forgot how much they usually they used to weigh but yeah you'll throw them up there use all like your legs like use anything you could just throw them up there and like i said it was it was hot it was tat there was no shade obviously the only shade you had was when you got in the truck but uh Yeah, Yeah, Alabama in the summer. That's right. We're talking like 90 degrees probably. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Would you get one bale? I'm I'm sorry. I'm an idiot when it comes to farming. No, you're good. (laughs) Would you get one bale of hay by yourself or is it like you and another person? No, it's all all you. So you'll walk down one side and then the other guy will walk down the other side. So usually you'll have like two people on one side, two people on the other. So you just pick them up quicker. But yeah, it's just you picking up one hay bale at a time. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, so yeah. you are. Yeah. You, one one person's picking up. Do you put like on your shoulders? No, it's like you grab them by. There's like two ropes that wrap around the bell. Okay. And like okay. you hold it. It's like it's a weird. It's a weird. I don't know. Yeah. I have to get up. It, it, but it's a weird like motion you gotta do. And you gotta throw them up like that, or use your legs to to get them up. It's oh, it's good. I mean, that's like the, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's like a power clean, a hang clean. No, it's it like honestly, its own... I think that's why I'm so, I was so good at power cleans because that's what I did all summer. Man. So, I don't that's know. Awesome. I got to look up and see how heavy these things are too. I mean, yeah. maybe, no, it, it it's was... hard to, it's always hard to guesstimate, but probably like right. what, 30, 35 pounds. I don't know. Ooh, hold on. I think it was a lot more than that. I'm just going to give you a. I'll look, I'll look it up here too. I'm, I'm just like super interested in this. Way. Wow. Yeah. Hey, well, what I got here is hay bales can weigh from forty to two thousand pounds. Oh, it's, it's that's a little bit of a range. Forty to seventy-five. Forty Holy, to seventy-five. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, especially like a big field worth of. Hey, it, it gets to you, but uh, we had a lot. Like I said, we had a lot of young guys out there that would that has the same work ethic as me. So yeah, it was fun. It was fun. And you so, and you're doing this after your workouts too. So yeah, so like we'd work out in the morning and then go to the hayfield no. all summer, every, every day, pretty much. Uh, not I mean not every day. There would be certain uh like months that they'll do it, but. On a consistent basis, yeah, pretty much. I want to say, so it was Middle Tennessee or Troy. Like, what options did you have uh, going to college? So the offers I had was Middle Tennessee, Troy, Illinois, Tulane, Wake, um, Minnesota, uh, Eastern Carolina, and then, like, some other small schools, but – yeah, it was it was between MT and Troy. That was my my two uh, favorite ones, actually. Wow, and I mean, you easily could have gone Big Ten then, but you turned that down. Why, why was that? Uh, I wanted I wanted to go somewhere where I could probably play pretty quick, 
or make an impact in whatever way. And I felt like MT or Troy would have been a perfect fit for me. I did like both. That's when uh, I'm just having a brain fart right now. The coach that he coaches at West Virginia now, Neil Brown, okay. Neil Brown. Uh, he, I loved him when I, he was at Troy and then, you know, Rick Stocks still at MT and ended up going to MT because I guess it felt more homey, I guess. Yeah. So there's been a lot of NFL guys that have come through there too. I mean, do you mm-hmm. do your research down those lines at all? Yeah. I mean, the ones that I really know is like Kevin Byard. Um, yeah. And I played with a couple of guys that went to the league, but, uh, the one obviously that stands out the most is, you know, KB. Uh, oh, yeah. Didn't really, I obviously didn't get to play with him at all, but just watching him, watching his film and stuff is crazy. Yeah. I got to know him actually pretty well uh, for a story when I was at Bleacher Report and the way he sees mm-hmm. the game, it's it's so rare. I mean, his his background's pretty wild too. But like, mm-hmm. what, uh, did, were, did you ever talk to him? Was there ever a relationship there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's just we have that MT relationship, but he would come to some of the games and, you know, we'll talk like we've known each other for a long time. But uh, like I said, uh, you know, he's a great dude. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that you would love to have on the team, regardless of, you know, what he does. He's, he's just down to earth guy. So, Was there safe, like safety all the way? Um, did, did you consider other positions? Because you did everything in high school, I think, right? Right. It was funny is uh, – MT actually offered me at quarterback, receiver, and safety. He's like, just tell us what you want to do. Because so I was like, well, I just want to play safety. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thank God you picked that. I think a lot of kids would, would, would think quarterback, right? I Yeah, I mean, I love playing quarterback in high school, obviously. I just love having the ball in my hand. But uh, safety was a better fit anyway. So I was like, let's go safety. <laughs> I mean, this is insane. I had to look it up again. In high school, I mean, you had over 3,000 rushing yards, over 1,000 passing yards, over 1,000 receiving yards, 46 touchdowns, almost 300 tackles, and 10 interceptions. That Yeah, that's it's crazy. Like, it just, I had to do – not had to do everything, but, you know, we had probably 30 guys on the roster, and a lot of guys played both ways. So, yeah. so well – if you like it enough, then we're gonna make sure you like it. So, and I mean, it was pretty instant, you know, in the conference USA. I mean, your impact, you were like, you did, you did what you wanted to do. You were able to play right away, make mm-hmm. a ton of plays right away. Um, gosh, yeah, your first career start was against my alma mater, Syracuse. Syracuse. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. So you played some some big time schools, but I mean, I don't want to get get ahead of any any stories you want to share, you know, earlier in your collegiate career, but like. That that gruesome leg injury. Holy oh my gosh! Yeah, oh it was. God. That's a that's a full story itself too. Uh, you know, going in, I guess I I had a really good sophomore year, and then going in my junior year, I started the I started the season off hot. Um, I was feeling good. Like I was like, is there a possibility I could probably enter my name in the draft for you know this year? Um, that's what was going through my head. But unfortunately, game seven. Um, I still remember it's crazy how, you know, you remember stuff like this game seven, North Texas, I think it's like mid third quarter. They're going, I think it's like on the plus 45 and unfortunately I planted and my linebacker gets just molly wafted and he lands on my leg and it just, I, I knew, I knew it instantly. I've never had that sort of feeling before. You know, and it, I knew it was that my season was over and stuff. It was just, it was tough at the moment because I never had something happen to me like that. You know, it's always been like a little labrum or just a broken wrist, but this, this was, you know, crazy. And, but it just what put the icing on the top was when COVID happened. And we, uh, I just started to like walk slash run just jog a little during March and our spring break is beginning of March. So we get to go home and unfortunately we never got to come back. So everything shut down. Um, Like I'm doing a little bit of treatment back home, nothing like I would be doing in, you know, the facility I have at MT. 
So I'm pretty much trying to run again on my own. And we get the call. We can come back up in the summer, end up going up there. And then people started getting COVID left and right. That's when we started testing. And unfortunately, I was, I never, I never tested positive for COVID, but I had to be quarantined for 42 days during the summer period. Yeah. It started off on your rehab at that point, like when you were locked down for 42 days. Uh, I was just starting to lift and stuff again and start to use my leg a lot more. Um, and that just, that killed me again. And at the time, that's when Twitter was, I hate Twitter because of COVID, but when the Big Ten, like the Power Five schools, they didn't know if they were going to play or not. And I'm like thinking, like, do I need to play? You know, I, I'm just coming off a season-ending injury, and I didn't get the right treatment needed. And am, am I going to put my body at risk to, to go out and play? And, you know, after the – 42 days we had to play army so we're playing a triple option team i'm trying to learn the triple op how to beat the triple option over zoom while i'm sitting at home <laughs> and i'm thinking i'm like there is no way i'm just have to go out there and play all these dudes that's been on the you know been at west point this whole time but uh it was a it was a hard decision i had to make and you know it, that 2020 season for me was it was awful. I couldn't really find myself. I was like mentally, mentally, I, I would say I was a little depressed. Um, just because like I knew I wasn't playing to my standards. And like I would go into practice or go into meetings, like one-on-one meetings, just sit there to my coach. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do. You know, I, I'm, I feel like I'm just pissing my, my life, my football career away by just what I'm putting on tape. And it was, like I said, it was a tough year, but we all got through. I know it was a tough year for everybody, but I got through it and told myself like a reality check, like this is make it or break it. You know, if, if you want to play in the league, you're going to have to come out next year and prove yourself. You know, it's not like you haven't proven yourself before. You just, you just got to start somewhere new. So I did, I had a good year in 2021. And so the rest, I guess is, history now so i mean that that's unbelievable i mean take it back to that the game where it was so your tibia went through was, your skin yes yeah, it, it was a compound fracture so my tip field so my fibula ended up where my tibia was and my tibia was out of the skin and yeah it was it was it was gruesome but you know we made, we, yeah, we the made broadcast, it through. i mean the guy says we're not going to show the replay like they no. used to show it, I think. Yeah, because actually the crazy thing is uh, when I got home in Murfreesboro, I started watching the game, the game film, whatever, and I was sitting there just replaying it, just watching it. It was like, that's crazy how that can happen, though. You were you um, were watching it? Like you're, usually, I watched it. I remember I, Sean, I, Sean Livingston, uh, the old NBA point guard. You ever oh, remember? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a, a similar injury, and it, it, I mean, it could have. I mean, he ended up coming back. He won a championship mm-hmm. with the Warriors. But God, I remember talking to him, and he said how he never watched it. He could. He was traumatized. Like even bringing it up, it was like he didn't want to go there. Right here, here you are watching it over and over <laughs> again. I don't know. I don't know what that makes me. If I'm just sick in the head a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wanted. I wanted to see it and just be like, you know, it was a freak accident and stuff like this is not it doesn't happen all the time but can't let that stop you from being who you are you know you just because I like to run in the pile all the time like I don't want to I'm trying to hit somebody when they're you know going down a little bit I wouldn't say that's a little rough but I like the the harder you play the less something like that's gonna happen that's how I always looked at it so (laughs) go with that motto how painful was it you know in the moment in the moment, honestly, it felt like my foot was asleep. You know, those tingles you get, um, that's what it felt like. And I actually didn't – I got to the ambulance, and they was like, do you want any pain meds? And I was just giving me – I said, just give me like a half dose or whatever. I, I was fine. And then once I got to the hospital was when it really started to kick in. So 
it was it was tough. Um, I remember just being in my room in Murfreesboro and just like crying, you know, because it from pain and just like not being able to do anything and just watching watching EMT go out and sometimes you know lose. It was it didn't it didn't feel right. Like I I, I think I, yeah I was a captain at the time and. I wanted to be out there with the guys and it just, it just broke my heart that I couldn't do anything. You know, I was just helpless. So. When you look down though, I mean, did, you're on the field, you look down, did you, how much of the bone was sticking out of your leg and was there just lot. blood everywhere? And, how, and what's going through your head? <laughs> so as soon as it happened, I reached down and I roll over and that's when I see it like, just like, flat like it just flopped and as soon as it had like as soon as it flopped I felt like the bone pressed through the skin and luckily I had my ankles taped and like it broke right underneath where the last strip of tape was so it held it in enough so when they cut the tape off that's when they obviously saw it and there was blood I don't think there was too much blood but as soon as soon as they took my tape off, they could tell that it, it was it was done for. So <laughs> to, to see your own, like we, you, we typically don't see our bones. Usually they stay right. in our body. To see your own yeah. bone had to be a little. Yeah, creepy. it was it was a little creepy, but luckily enough, I, I was an exercise science major, so I got to see a lot of you know stuff like that. So it didn't. I wouldn't say it didn't like bother me, but I don't know. It it, it didn't whatever but yeah it was it was painful when I got to the hospital and it was tough like I could see in the air cast that it was like just sideways <laughs> I was like yeah this thing's messed up <laughs> you're I mean, here you are in middle Tennessee state it's like you're probably thinking my and you know your team first and like you said you're, you yeah. want to be out there with your guys but then there's part of you thinking man my margin for error for the NFL is so small did so you small. think that it might have just blew up in smoke right then yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, I wasn't as confident when I came back. Like I said, 2020 was an awful year for me. But at that moment in time, I was like, there's just going to have to be a lot of work put in, you know. And luckily, I had a lot of uh, support from family and my trainers and stuff. But like I said, when I got by myself, it was it was tough. But so Those 42 days, man. I mean, what, so you're just in your room. Um, what are you doing? Like, I mean, so, all, I think everybody watched Tiger King and the last dance. I don't know if it, right. it was during that, but like, shit, what, what are you doing lot, during your quarantine? A whole lot of Call of Duty was played during that time too. Yeah. A whole lot of Call of Duty. But luckily enough, uh, the guy, like I was quarantined with my roommates because they were getting it, but they, they weren't getting sick. It was just like, I don't know if there was a false test system at this time, but like, once you get tested and there's a positive, you you had to be quarantined for two weeks. So we were just, I guess, chilling and, you know, just you know, just hanging out. But like I said, it's, it sucked. Obviously, just seeing all the schools saying that we don't know if we're going to play or not. And we're, we're saying to ourselves, no, we're not going to play. Like, this is stupid. Like, I, whatever. But we all ended up playing. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get off the rails here, but like the unintended consequences of shutting society down, telling yeah. people to sh- you can't do anything. We're, I mean, you lived it. You, you're, yeah. I mean, you can't even really like rehab properly, train properly, <laughs> be around people. I mean, the, the mental anguish that you went through that period. I, I mean, I feel like the, the mental health of the, the, the shutdowns. Uh-huh. maybe way, way bigger than we even know. And, and we won't even right. know the consequences, you know, for, for years in some cases, but how, how mm-hmm. much did that hurt you to just have to basically, you know, be an inmate in your own room and you can't do anything? It sucked. It was one of those, I don't know, like we, I've never experienced something like that before, you know, just being on lockdown and like you couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't have fun. And, you know, it, it, I guess it just took, that whole year was just kind of a wasted time period in pretty much everybody's lives. You know, like I, I feel, I do feel bad for the guys or the kids that were getting to college. Like they were freshmen in 2020 and weren't able to experience that, you know, for at least two years. And, you know, but uh, yeah, it sucked, man, especially 
you know, my first ever practice of 2020 or full, full practice was against army. So I didn't, I didn't have any contact or anything until I played army. So it, it was really, yeah. So And you're getting I, I ready for this triple stuff. option. You know, these legit soldiers yeah. that will be legit. defending our freedom is who's, who's running at you. And I'm sitting here just got out of quarantine like two days ago and I'm playing against them. So I was like, geez, what am I doing? man? it didn't feel right to be out there. So. God. And I mean, meanwhile, were you hesitant? And I mean, your legs snapped in half and this is the first <laughs> time you're out there. Yeah. It, it was, like I said, I tried not to think about it, but obviously yeah. there's, there's always that voice in the back of your head saying, don't do what you used to do. Don't, don't do this. And, you know, it, that whole year I was fighting it. And by the end of the year and going into 2021, I was like, so you got to shut, you got to shut that ish up, man. You just got to roll with it, man. To be you. you. De- and you were depressed, you said. Like, what, what was yeah. that place really like? What does that look like, feel like? It was, like I said, like I've never experienced something like that. And like during the time I was having, so my grandmother ended up, getting diagnosed with cancer, breast cancer, and I couldn't go see her and just all, it felt like just everything caved in at once, you know, and I, like I said, it like the nighttime was the worst when I was by myself. Um, just a lot of thoughts going through your head. Um, like how am I going to recover from this? Um, even when you're telling yourself during the day when you're doing treatments, like, Hey, I'm, I'm just going to be good. Like, I just to make it out of this fine. And then you get home, you're by yourself. It's like, what, what's this voice in my head keep telling me that you're not going to be like you used to be. Um, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to, to play like you used to be. And I don't know. It, it sucked. You know, it, it was just, it was miserable really. I because you so. really just were, were thrown into, I mean, you didn't have a, training camp and a preseason and mm-hmm. all of that it was just you just weren't yourself because you just hadn't really done anything haven't done it yeah and i was like geez what am i that i was like i honestly thought i screwed myself for playing that year mm-hmm. i was like did i just screw my whole football career up just by playing and then showing everybody that i suck but luckily i i got to come back so i mean you you led your team with 717 snaps. I mean, you in that 2020 season, you played a ton that season. Yeah. That wasn't a lot of recovery time from – it was the middle of the last season that it, you had the, the compound fracture. Yeah, it was games. Yeah, game seven. And, like, my leg would legit hurt every, like, day. Like, I was having issues with my muscles through there. Like, they were too tight, knotted up, and – like to the point of, but I, I would have to take like toward all or like a a strong uh, ibuprofen or Tylenol just to ease the pain on the weekend. So I hated you're doing taking toward all just to get through, just to get through. And like I ended up getting a shot in my foot, like my ankle, and that didn't work. And I was just like, dude, I don't know. It was bad. Like toward all before each game that season. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the the shot, I know the the shot is more powerful than the pill. Yeah, I I think I got a cortisone shot, but I only took the Tordal pill. I I wish I could have got the shot. I mean, I I think I got the shot one time in 2018, and I didn't feel anything. But I know too much of that you can, you can kind of hurt yourself. So <laughs> we got, I mean, like we we had the option to opt out or not. Um, yeah. But like I'm one, I'm that hard-headed guy that you know loves football and didn't want to let anybody down. And I was like, you know what, you know, it, you could be in a tougher situation right now. So I was like, let me play. So. And then it all, I mean, shit, 2021, you're yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, was it just the having a whole year to kind of have yeah some rest think- and train? Like, how did you kind of become yourself again? Yeah, I think the whole year, like after that, and then going through the football process again, the off-season lifts, the the training camp, you know, just build that feeling you get building up to the season. You know, that I think that's what really got me through. 
just before I forget too, when you did, is your grandma? Did did she pass? Is she? She passed. She mm-hmm. Oh, she man, passed. I'm sorry. It's it's okay. I mean, it's. I mean, she. Say, my grandfather passed in twenty. I think twenty fifteen. So she she lived without him for a little bit, but uh, you know, she is one of those things you can't you can't beat it. You know, cancer's cancer's a tough deal. You know, I. So these cancer survivors, they, they have the willpower. It's crazy. You know, it's, it's crazy what they can go through and overcome cancer. But, you know, she, uh, she's in a good place. She was, you know, she was getting old. She was on, I think she was 77, I believe. Hmm. But yeah, she was, she was a big fan of mine. And, you know, it, it's, it, it was very, very painful during that time. But, uh, you know, everything's good now. So, yeah, and you said like nighttime was the worst. Are you just unable to mm-hmm. sleep because you're stressed out, kind of deal? That and then like, yeah, I wouldn't be able to go to sleep to like three or four from the pain, and then just mentally, just like screams in my head, pretty much. I guess that's a good way to explain it. Just keeping me up. I don't know, man. A so, screaming in your head. Yeah, it's just everything. Just like. What if this happens? What if this happens? You're not going to do this. I'm like, man, I've never been like this before. What am I doing? I thought I was mentally strong, you know. Did you go through that like yourself, or did you see maybe a sports psychologist or a a parent, um, friend? Like, how did you how did you get out of that state? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see a therapist at all. I just relied on my parents a lot and my friends, you know. like I said, like I had a huge support system and people would send me, you know, cards and cards, candy, pretty much everything. But, you know, my it was a good thing that my parents lived an hour and a half away. If I needed anything, they were there. But I just just hearing their voices and then just being with my friends a lot really got me through it. And then, I mean, that that season was, was incredible. Um, yeah. What do you think you, like, how, how would you even describe your game? Um, what, what, what did you show out there in 2021 that even got you this opportunity? I showed that, you know, I was back. I know it took a year, but, you know, I, I thought I'd, I'd be recovered quick enough, but, uh, you know, I showed that I was still physical. I was still going to run, run in and make a tackle wherever it is, you know, put my body on the line and then just being, that team captain, that the guy that everybody can look to, to to make plays, or if they have certain situations, they can come talk to me about, you know, just, I just, I guess, put myself back into Reed Blankenship, you know, just being who I was before. And I guess that's what really got everybody else's attention, I guess. Get to the NFL, uh, but it was just like the Eagles and the Cardinals that were interested in you, I think you said? Yes. Yeah. And so I didn't, I knew that my agent was going to, he told me, he's like, look, like you're going to be on the team regardless if you get drafted or not. He said, trust me. I said, okay, I I got you for a reason. I have faith in you. We've known each other for, I think at this time, two or three years. And like, I trust you enough. And then he said, all right. So he hung up Ended up. I guess it was like 30 minutes later. He he picked me. He called me again. He's like, "Hey, you're, the Eagles is the best, you know, place to go. You're like the opportunity's there. The safety room isn't as big, and I feel like it's going to be a good fit." And so, so let's do it. Uh, ended up going. That's amazing. But still, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to get noticed there. Uh, oh my god! What did you do? Like, was it OTAs, minicamp, training camp? There, there had to have been some moment that caught. Sirianni's eye, the coach's eye that, that that made you more than just a camp body. I believe uh training camp was when it started to, you know, all come together. Um I would show up and like I told him, like I knew that I was one of these guys that can be cut right now. You know, I I I, I knew that if I didn't work hard enough, if I didn't show that I want to be here, that they'll get rid of me in a heartbeat. And you know, it. I was just going every day, like grinding it out, trying to trying to just staying out of the training room. You know, showing up to meetings, getting extra meeting work, um, and just 
always showing my face, I guess, around the facility, you know, and I, I guess that helped me a little bit, but uh, I guess they noticed in pre the preseason games that, you know, I was just around the ball a lot and I, I've been preached to about it. I think it's a great thing to do that if you're around the ball, every snap, something's good is going to happen. So I, I try to get, I think I've had a couple of turnovers during the practices and, you know, I, I guess they like me enough to keep me. Because so. <laughs> you can't really hit much in practice or maybe you can, mm-hmm. not how many teams even hit anymore. So you can't really not- show that part of your game. Yeah, you didn't. I couldn't really show anything until I guess the preseason games. Yeah. So, why in the hell are there not many white safeties in the NFL? And how <laughs> are you just you know a trailblazer in that regard? I honestly don't know. Um, you know, I've like a like you don't really see them a lot either. But I, I really that's a hard question. You know, I don't even know it. <laughs> I, I guess we're just stereotypical, slow, can't really do anything, and I guess I mean slow twitch. As slow twitch, twitch. Yeah. We're just we're just shooters. We were quarterbacks or tight ends or O linemen or whatever. But do you think you sneak up? Do you, do you sneak up on players out there, receivers, backs? Um, I feel like there I, any deception I, to your advantage. Yeah, I feel like, you know, sometimes they see me and be like, nah, like he's whatever, you know, he's, he don't, he don't really play much, but it's like they see me out there and they's like, oh, they, they didn't know he could, he's actually part of their defense a lot. But, uh, yeah, I think there is some sort of like deception, which I love. I don't care. I like when people, yeah. you know, doubt me a little bit. I, I, mean, I feel like I've Jordy been Nelson doubted. used to tell us in Green Bay that like he knew that he stepped yeah. up to the line of scrimmage that they'd look at him and say, this, this guy, he's not that fast. He's not that quick. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I love it. I love when people doubt me. You know, it, it gives me source some sort of uh, motivation. So, I mean, they, when you're on the field, I'd imagine you know a quarterback is looking at you and thinking, okay, maybe we, maybe we, maybe we go deep. Let's let's see if he can move. Let's get him in space. Yeah. No, I love that. It's either that or they don't want to throw to my side. So who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or it's yeah, the yeah, other. It's the opposite. It's the opposite. So. What nickname do you prefer best? So there's uh, the Mayo Missile, Ghost, Ed Reed, Ed Reed Blankenship, right? I mean, yeah, um, Ed Reed Blankenship. I hate Mayo able, Missile. You don't like Mayo Missile? Oh, I okay. hate that. I mean, I, I that can, yeah, that's, yeah, that could mean so it's like other right. Your your mind can kind of wander on that one. Right. We'll, we'll... I love I'm I love Ghost. Um. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, I think who gave it to me? I forgot who gave it to me, but we're in the DB room, and obviously I'm the only white guy, and then the, everybody started calling me Ghost. So I was like, I, I'm going to roll with it. I love that. It's better than really? you know, any You don't other. know who started it? Like how it just kind of happened? I forgot who called me that. I think uh, either my DB coach or one of the vets called me it, and then it just stuck. So yeah. I was like – I, li- I love that name, man. It's slick. It's sleek. It's like to the it point. It is. It is. And it like and some people are like, what is that? What does that mean? I'm like, what do you mean? What does it mean? Like, just just think a little bit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you had to wait a bit, though, right? I mean, you were inactive for a couple months. I, I was inactive for six games, I think. Yeah. What was that six. wait like? I mean, did you know that this it's, opportunity would come and be, be, being a contributor on a Super Bowl team? I didn't. Honestly, I, I'm i still shocked that I, I made the team. Like, it's crazy. But, uh, no, just getting to this point and, like, knowing that I was inactive for six games and then worked my way up to play special teams and then worked my way up to play little dime packages and then finally when – the opportunity was there that I was ready, you know, when my name was called it. It's crazy. It feels like I've been in a league for years now, but it's only been yeah. a season, you know. But uh you do no, it I, though. I mean, there's so many undrafted guys that just they, they don't make it, they disappear. I mean, you should be putting that exercise exercise science yeah. degree to use. Like, man, I mean you you're you're the real Rocky story. It's it's <laughs> cliche as it sounds. I I know, but it, cliches are cliche yeah. for a reason. Um 
I think the city can relate to Ghost, mm-hmm. right? Like they yeah. can relate to you. Like I just like I said, I love I love the sport. I love football, and I'll do anything I can to continue it. And I, I've always wanted to play it for. I always want to get paid for it as a job, but beside that, I don't even think about you know the the pay. I just think about being able to play at the highest level possible, and now being able to play at the biggest stage in the NFL is just crazy. You know, it's so it's so fun. You know, I'm I'm loving it, even though there's some there's always stress. You're always thinking about stuff, but uh, I'm loving it, man. I feel I'm living the dream. I mean, to pick off Aaron Rodgers, you know, a Hall of Mm -hmm. Famer, the the four-time MVP, take take Mm -hmm. me through that play, and and what did that feel like? Yeah, you know, uh, it was, I guess, I think we were playing quarters, and it was just a normal normal read, and honestly didn't know if, didn't think that he would even throw it to him. And uh, I believe I was playing, I played, I was a little bit deeper. Um, I I ain't going to lie, there was a little nerves going but I was playing a little deeper and he thought he could probably sneak it in there in front of me but luckily enough like it's crazy because it was just like instincts it wasn't like anything I saw really it was like I had this guy and like I'm gonna break on the ball and I guess muscle memory and instincts took over and luckily that that happened so and then I mean you become this cult hero I mean really (laughs) it's uh you kind of embody the spirit of the team in, in so many ways. Um, it's it's, it's got to be a cool feeling, man. I mean, what's it like with your town? Are they all just going nuts right now? Oh, they're going crazy. Uh, I believe they're doing like a uh, read, like, you know, read across America, the uh, Dr. Seuss stuff. So yeah. I think they're doing like some sort of uh, theme of me a little bit back back in the elementary school just just that and you know everybody's just going crazy like my dad always takes home towels and stuff that I'll, I'll sign and like people I know just go nuts I'm like I'm the same person I've been that you've known in high school you watched me play basketball and football and all this in high school like I haven't changed you know I guess it's just seeing all this hard work that I put in actually yeah do something for me you know so that's no, pretty yeah. cool who, I mean, I'm sorry to, to keep you this long, too. God, no, you're been good. Amazing. Um, what, just before I forget, what, what do you like to do, like, outside of football? Like, who, oh. who is Reed Blankenship? Like, what, what do you read, watch, interest? I don't know. So, here in Philly, what I do, usually I'll I'll come home after a long day and get on the game. You know, that that's kind of my escape. Um, when Call I'm of at Duty? home. Yeah, Call of Duty. That's okay. I love it. And when I'm at home – I'm more, I like to be outdoors. Um, I'll go on hikes and then like my dad needs help around the farm. Like I'll help him, you know, they they don't want to bother me too much, but I like working out too. Um, I I was big into hunting, but when I got to college and now I just don't have a lot of time to do that, but uh, I definitely want to get back into hunting when I can. So what what do you hunt? We have whitetail way up here. What is it in Alabama? Yeah, whitetail. We got that. Okay. Turkey, dove. I've been rabbit hunting. I always, I've always wanted to go duck hunting. I think that's yeah. going to have to be a, a trip for me and my dad one day. But duck uh, hunting, fishing. So. so Super Bowl night, Scottsdale, Glendale, I guess. Glendale, um, yeah. Patrick Mahomes is going to be the MVP. He's un- going to be a goat and all-time great. He sees you out there, and he sees he sees this uh, ghost. This we won't say Mayo missile. He sees a white guy out there, and he says, "Shit, I'm sending a receiver deep. I'm going right at this guy." I mean, what did you want that? Do you relish it? Do you want Patrick Mahomes to go deep on you? I love challenges. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't fear anything. Uh, I I much rather him do that. You know, I I love a little challenge. So if he does it, hopefully, uh, I'll come out on top. So. Awesome. And Nick Saban will be watching. You know he's watching this game. Hopefully. I'm at the I might have to give him a salute or something if uh, the camera gets on me. So <laughs> Yeah, well I don't know if he has any quirks himself that he does that you can kind of mock him to a degree. I don't know. Some some kind of salute, some hello. Something, yeah. Just just know that it's for him. So 